Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the Vancouver Island Daily and the PQB News. It's been a news-filled off-season so far in the National Football League, and here to catch us up on all of that, we're happy to welcome back Black Press NFL expert Aaron Hellischuk. Hello, Aaron. Hi, thanks for having me again. Let's hop right into it. Closer to home, let's start with the Seattle Seahawks, a massive off-season upheaval. Your thoughts on Russell Wilson leaving? Well, I would certainly be lying if I said I wasn't completely taken aback from it. It was sort of reminded me a little bit of like a, a divorce or a separation that you knew was inevitable. But I'll be honest, I thought it was at least a year away. I did not think it was going to happen this year. So I know it's been a couple of weeks already, but still, I think myself and maybe some fans still processing it a little bit. Who's to blame? Honestly, I think it was ownership. I think Jody Allen made the decision. She ultimately, it came down to her making the decision whether she was going to go with the coach or whether she was going to go with the quarterback. And she went with the coach and the repercussions fell as they were. It had to be one way or the other. She made the decision to stick with Pete Carroll and John Schneider and the chips fell as they were. Is that the decision you would have made? Looking at it, I mean, it's, it is a very tough decision. There aren't a huge amount of great head coaches, nor are there great quarterbacks. But I think ultimately it's easier to find a coach, a head coach, than it is a great quarterback. So if I was in charge, I think personally I would have stuck with the quarterback and found a new coach. But Pete Carroll does have a pretty substantial legacy behind him. So the the test will be what he does going forward. 100% I would have stuck with the quarterback as well. What type of legacy does he have winning in the NFL without Russell Wilson, though? Well, he's done it once before. Um, I mean, he came in pretty new, and, and he was able to find that magical quarterback. He doesn't have much of a winning record, obviously, before that. But he did prove it at USC when he was the head coach there. They didn't have a great program, and he was able to turn it around. So his past and his experience does speak to his ability to take these relatively unknowns and turn them into pretty amazing programs. So hopefully that reputation will continue, and his experience and John Schneider's experience drafting these relatively unknowns will come about again, but only time will tell. Their drafting has not been quite as good in the last few years, has it? That's exactly right. That's what makes me a little bit nervous about all of this. I'm always going to side with the quarterback. You find a quarterback like that, you run with it as long as you can. Although it does speak to the notion that once your quarterback starts getting up into the $50 million salary range, it's a little harder to build a team around him. That's exactly right. And I think the perfect example is in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So as soon as he re-signed for his absolutely gigantic contract, you know, some of those pieces uh, in terms of his receivers started falling apart. And I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, Tom Brady is a great example of that. You know, re-signed a few years ago, but took a salary cut because he wanted his team to be 
good and he wanted to be surrounded by really good players and in order to do that he obviously can't be commanding those massive massive salaries like other quarterbacks can so what's next for the Seahawks at the quarterback position Aaron will Drew Locke be their starter will they draft a QB I really hope Drew Locke isn't the answer to the Seahawks quarterback questions I know that he certainly has potential on paper I think he's you know, got a really good arm. He, he's fast in the pocket. I just can't see him as the future quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. And right now that position is looking a little bit bleak. There's not a lot in terms of some of the other quarterbacks that are available in the league. And this year's draft is really, really quiet in terms of quarterbacks. So I think maybe this year, if you can find a little bit of a band-aid solution, maybe that's Colin Kaepernick, maybe that's somebody in the draft. And then next year, look for that legacy quarterback. That might be a possibility. Do you think someone will actually give Kaepernick a shot? I think if anybody does, it would be the Seahawks. Pete Carroll's been on record last year saying that he considers him a starting quarterback again in the league. And just last week, he was practicing in Washington with Tyler Lockett and a couple of other receivers from the Seahawks. I think there's no harm in Seattle just signing him and giving him a try. I, I really don't think, I mean, what else is there to lose? Give him a try. See where he's at. See if he's lost a step. See if he's the same as he was before. Give him a try. Give Drew Locke some competition. I think that would definitely be a good thing. How do you think the fans might react to a Kaepernick signing? Might there be some initial backlash and then it would just wear off if he proves he can still play? Exactly. Out of, I think, any of the markets in the NFL, Seattle probably would be the most receptive. I can't see him, you know, obviously being targeted by a team, maybe in Texas or some Florida even. So I think Seattle's probably the best fit, if any, for him. How about a guy like Baker Mayfield? He has a lot of good things going for him. And obviously, he doesn't want to be where he's at right now. My concern with Baker, he certainly shows some potential in his first couple of years. But I think it really comes down to that shoulder injury and the offseason surgery that he had. I think that's really kind of thrown him a little bit for a loop. And I'm just not sure if he is the quarterback that he really showed he was in the first year. I would like to see it. Maybe if you could sign him for a low contract, definitely bring him in. I just don't know if I'd be totally banking my future on Baker Mayfield. How long do you see Pete Carroll sticking around? Well, he's got, I guess, a few years left in his massive five-year contract deal. I can see with the decision that Jody Allen made, keeping him on, probably riding that contract out. So maybe a few more years. You think so? How, How do you see them doing next year? I think this coming draft, they might look at hopefully adding some strength to their defense, uh, maybe to their running back position, to their cornerbacks. I don't think it's a deep draft for quarterbacks. So hopefully the focus will be on the future going ahead next year. If they're able to get some more information or even maybe trade some draft picks for a better quarterback next year, I honestly think while Pete Carroll is refusing to say that this is a rebuilding year. I really do think it is. I don't think there's really much potential. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but for a Super Bowl run at all, or even maybe a playoff run this year. So if they can build the team up with some draft picks, look for a future quarterback, build him up, whoever he might be for next year, I think next year is probably where the team is really looking and really focusing at. So 5-12 and next year? Let's say, yeah, that's about right. Maybe give him one more win, but nothing more than that. (laughs) 
Now, along with Russell Wilson, they've also lost Bobby Wagner. That's perhaps the two greatest players in the history of the franchise. How much will they miss him? Bobby is definitely going to be missed, for sure, on-field and off-field, because all all I've heard about him is in both facets of the game, he's been such an incredible leader. Obviously, he's been slowing down quite a lot physically. There's no looking around that. He's missed some tackles this past year and even the year before that. I think where they're really going to miss him is his mental aspect of the game. He was so knowledgeable. He had so much great defensive insight that he was able to pass along to other players on and off the field. That is where they're going to miss him. Where do you think he ends up? I've heard some rumors that Los Angeles, the Rams are interested in him. And I think that would be if he signed with the Rams might be a little bit of a middle finger to Seattle as well, especially the way that they let him go. It's certainly a possibility. And I could see McVeigh doing that for sure. That would definitely be fun for things to talk about. How do you think Russell Wilson will end up doing this year in Denver? He's got certainly more of an offensive-minded head coach in Denver than he did in Seattle. So I think that's definitely going to play to his game. Ultimately, he always envisioned himself as a let Russ cook type of quarterback, even though he may not go on the record and say that he, you know, has made it very clear that he wants to be considered in the same ranks as Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. And in so many words, he wasn't able to do that. And he said he wasn't really able to do that in Seattle. So I think the match might be a little bit better for him there. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to scheme their offense around that, if that is indeed what he is going to be doing there and uh, kind of flying a little bit in the face of Seattle, trying to show off. And it'll be interesting to see whether it does actually work. Is that the best division in football? I think it absolutely is. The quarterbacks there are just unbelievable. So it's going to be a really entertaining game to watch from a fan's perspective. Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. Let's move around the rest of the league a little bit. Um, Start with uh, my Miami Dolphins. They've had what I think is a solid offseason so far. What do you think of Tyreek Hill? Is that a good deal for Miami? It was a very shocking deal for Miami. I have to admit, I was very surprised considering uh, how many draft picks they gave up. But I think it's going to be a make or break year for Tua. They're really kind of going all in and, and surrounding himself with some really good receivers. So this is the year for him to show off. Oh, hopefully he can do what he has been marketed and billed and talked about to do. So Tyreek Hill is absolutely going to add to that. Does that tie back into the quarterback windows once they start getting near the 40 or the $50 million? You start having to shed other guys that are going to have such big salaries. One thing Tom Brady always did is he kept his salary pretty low so that the rest of his teammates could get paid as well. Uh, How do you think Kansas City will handle that? That's exactly right. You know, we think back to Kansas City last year and the year before. They've really, you know, their defense was a liability. And I think that's what may have cost them even in the playoff games. So the scales can easily tip 
when you get into that dangerous territory of $40, $50 million a year for a quarterback, because the rest of your team ultimately does suffer. You just don't have the capital that you can to spend and to build up the rest of the team. So I think it is that very, very fine balance. And for somebody like, like you said, Tom Brady to come in and say, you know what, I'm not going to take as big of a salary in order to help my team. I think that is really a vision of a for a good quarterback, whether I like him or not, that's another story. But for him to take that bigger step back to say, I want my team to be better, I think is really huge. Especially when you would presumably have the players union in your ear over something like that. That's right. Absolutely. And I know the salary cap is going up a little bit too, but for him to take that bigger picture perspective is something that I think other quarterbacks should learn. What teams out there have had good off-seasons so far in your estimation? One of the better teams that I've been kind of keeping an eye on are the Bills and the Chargers. They were able to pick up a couple of good people with Khalil Mack going to the Chargers, Von Miller going to the Bills. I think the Bills are going to have a really good year. They had a really great year last year, and I think this is just going to add to it a little bit. And I think one of the better signings that I've seen is Juju Smith-Schuster, that was an incredible signing for, I think it was $3.25 million, something like that, going to Kansas City. That was a really good pickup as well. Yeah, definitely helps fill the void from Tyreek Hill. I also thought the Chargers have been looking good around Justin Herbert there. I, I think J.C. Jackson at cornerback was a good signing as well. It's, yes. It's, you know, everything is geared toward beating the Chiefs, so that division is just going to be unbelievable. It's so stacked. Uh, that'll be exciting to watch. Any teams that have disappointed you a little bit? Nothing really surprises me too much, maybe with Jacksonville, to pay Christian Kirk, I think it was $84 million over four years. That one had me scratching my head. But again, nothing with Jacksonville surprises me too much. That was probably the most shocking signing of, of the offseason for sure so far. Now, we head into the draft shortly here. What are your thoughts on what the Seahawks might do? Well, they do have the ninth overall pick. And if he's still around, I would really like to see them pick up uh, Malik Willis. He seems to be a quarterback that somewhat emulates or has some characteristics of Russell Wilson. An amazing arm, really good runner. He certainly does have a few downsides as well, but I think that would be a really good pick. I can't see, though, John Snyder picking a quarterback in the ninth spot, it just doesn't seem like their MO. They just seem to find these maybe, you know, gems in the rough later on in the third and fourth round. So it wouldn't surprise me if they traded down that pick for some other picks. That certainly would not surprise me. But I can certainly see them trying to build up their defense as well, getting some DBs and receivers because it's a fairly defensive heavy draft looking at it right now. One of the things that I always find interesting about the draft is in the lead up to the draft, all the quote-unquote experts pick their top players and rank them along those lines. This year, none of the quarterbacks were really ranked highly. But then, as always, you get near and near to the draft, and all of a sudden, six of them are projected to go you know, in, in the first round. Why do you think that is? Why is there such a desperate need to overdraft quarterbacks? 
It's so true. That's been just the repeated pattern over and over again. And even looking at the past few years or even past decade, the first round draft picks of quarterbacks and how they've actually ended up in terms of their NFL careers doesn't necessarily favor those early picks. It just seems like it goes hand in hand with the quarterback being the flashy position. If colleges can't get good quarterbacks, it's almost as if their programs really don't matter. If you don't get a good quarterback in those first that first round, it almost seems like, well, it's a receiver or it's a DB. It's it's not as a valued position. It, I think it just always goes back to the NFL as a quarterback-centered league and everything revolves around the quarterback. So if they're not the first ones to go, perhaps the colleges haven't done their job properly. Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. You mentioned it's a very quarterback-centric league, which is 100% true. Along those lines, what are your thoughts with Deshaun Watson getting a guaranteed nearly quarter of a million dollars in Cleveland? Sorry, quarter of a billion dollars. That's right. Yeah, that was a very disheartening and disappointing thing to hear, but not surprising. And to me, especially when he had his press conference and said that he is a nice guy and treats women women really well, and meanwhile, there's 22 civil lawsuits waiting for him, it's very disappointing to see that that's how the NFL views women and views men who have these allegations against him. And as a fan, as a female fan of the sport, it, again, just tells me that women are not valued in the league and they can say what they want, provide lip service, campaigns, shows, whatever the NFL wants. But at the end of the day, it's the actions that do the talking. And this just tells me it really doesn't matter. Well said. Do you think he'll be suspended to start the season? I honestly don't think so. I think he's going to start playing. And I think it'll take a while for these lawsuits to come to play and come out and take their time as it goes through the legal system. So I think he will get a free pass until if and when that happens. They've talked about him being before another potential grand jury indictment. Do you think anything criminal will come of this? I honestly don't think so. Unless there's something that somebody hasn't said or if a lawyer finds something I think the NFL has proven itself time and again how well they are at covering these things up or making these things go away. There's a few circumstances, of course, where it's ended uh, players' careers, but those certainly are not the norm. What type of reception do you think he'll get in Cleveland? I think might be a blip on the radar, maybe the first game. There might be a few boos, but honestly, I don't see it being a big deal, unfortunately. Yeah, that's definitely a shame. How about some potential rule changes? Do you think the overtime rule will be altered? I don't think it will be altered this year. I did hear that one of the rule committees, I think they're deciding to take a second look at that overtime rule. I'm not sure if there's enough time between now and the beginning of the season to implement that change. My hope is that they are taking a look at it. Perhaps it will be implemented for the 2023 season, which I think will be really good news for a lot of fans around the league. Seem like that really, again, took a bunch of 
backlash at the end of last season, as it should, in my opinion, and should be changed. I'm hopeful for next year. I don't see it happening for this year. Is there any rule changes you would like to see? The overtime one is certainly the the one that I want changed immediately. It doesn't have to be changed drastically. Perhaps if they do something like they do in the CFL, where both teams get an opportunity to have the ball, that might be the best way to go about it. I know we spoke about it a little bit last year, just the over amount of penalties and just that overarching ref influence that they have on the game perhaps bring in something like the Skycam to take a second look at different calls, or again, like the CFL, have the ability for coaches to challenge maybe just one penalty throughout the game. That would be really interesting to see. If I had one thing I'd like to change, it's I would like them to figure out the kickoffs. I get so tired of just watching kickoffs sail through the end zone for touchbacks. They're paying mild lip service to the notion of concussions on kickoffs and things, but just give them the ball at the 40-yard line. What a waste of a play that is. Maybe even make them worth a a point or something. It can make the game a little bit interesting. How about making 60-yard or longer field goals worth four points? That would be fun. That would be really fun. The NFL just seems to have this weird ability not to have great kickers, so that would really make that a lot more interesting. Especially with the field position, but yeah, I don't think that's something they would ever do because that would Mm -hmm. put such an emphasis on one single position like that. Now, what are you looking forward to in the offseason? I'm really looking forward to how Seattle is going to approach their players and their personnel. For me personally, it's going to be a really good test. And I know a lot of Seattle fans don't ever want to think about Russell Wilson again. And they say, he's on a different team. Let's move on. But the test will be proving to see if Pete Carroll is the right decision for the Seahawks, whether they're going to succeed or not, whether Wilson succeeds in Denver or whether he doesn't is really going to be proving whether Pete Carroll knows ultimately what he's doing going forward. So I'm really going to keep an eye on how Seattle does and how Russell Wilson does. And also the return of Tom Brady. That's always an interesting storyline there. We'll finish up by veering off in another direction to one of your other loves. How will your Winnipeg Blue Bombers do this year in the CFL? They've done very well in re-signing the majority of players in the offseason. So that made me really happy. A lot of them are maybe just one-year contracts. But if they can give it one more go and be a three-time Grey Cup champion three years in a row, that would be absolutely amazing. So... I'm hopeful. I think they've got the fan base. I think they've got the right players back. So that one there is going to be a good competition. One other interesting move that will interest BC football fans, Vancouver Island football fans in particular. How about Andrew Harris not coming back? Yes, that one left a really sour mark in the taste of many Winnipeggers and many Blue Bomber fans. I think a lot of fans thought that if he wasn't going to play for the Bombers, he would retire as a Bomber. And he went for the money in Toronto. And from a business standpoint and an athletic standpoint, I think a lot of people can't blame him for that. You might as well capitalize while you absolutely can. But as a Bomber fan, it didn't sit totally well with me, but I certainly don't blame him at all. Aaron, always great to catch up with you. We'll do it again very soon. Thanks very much. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com.
From hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels, westcoasttraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com.